Welcome to Faith Talk with Lance and Eliza, where everyday life meets faith in Christ. Join us as we navigate the ups and downs, twists and turns of married life, all while keeping our eyes fixed on the cross. We are here to share, reflect, and walk with you as we walk with Christ. Eliza, how are you doing today? Well, I feel good. It's a Thursday night that we're recording this podcast, and it's our very first podcast, so I'm also very excited. How about you? Oh, I'm excited. I like the topic tonight. I like uh, I like the concept of testimony because it really shares, I think, with a person uh, the inner workings of what's going on in your life and uh, where you were at and then where you're at now because of the Lord. So I've always liked that topic. I know when I first came to Christ, it was... Uh, very different, not something I heard about often. So I'm glad that we're addressing this. Yeah. And uh, we all know what the Lord saved us all from. And we've heard such wonderful testimonies over the years of how the Lord really can turn our darkness into His light. That's true. Yeah. And normally when I first came to Christ, and, and, and I didn't know this, I was a, I was a newbie, um, I started to see as time went on that it's a combination of uh, testimony of your relatability to others of what Christ saved you from and just your walk as well as sharing the gospel. Those two things went hand in hand. Uh, and that helped me, obviously, as I've grown in the Lord only because of him, not because of me, because I'm quite slow. I know. Uh, <laughs> no, not, not that I agree that you're slow. <laughs> Sounds like an agreement. Sounds no, like an agreement. Not, not at all. But um, I know what you mean by, you know, it's it's there is at some point in our lives, we can look back and see how the Lord truly took us out of the miry clay and set our feet upon the rock that is Christ. And I'm so thankful that the Lord allowed us to have this podcast because it's really about our everyday life as a married couple. You know? Yeah, we want to provide encouragement encouragement yeah, not because yeah. we're experts <laughs> but just so we can avoid some of the pitfalls we address yeah. questions stuff that we've come into uh you know that's come in our path so if we can make it easier um learning from our mistakes mm -hmm. uh that's what we intend to do here and just obviously open up the line for fellowship and community so we're grateful for the opportunity and the ability to do that amen so welcome one and all all right guys well our topic for today is testimony and we thought it would be great if uh, we get to hear both of our testimonies. But today we're going to focus on Eliza's testimony. Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's coming from you. So I've got a few questions. Um, my first one being, at what point did you come to Christ? Oh, at what point? It was a point of desperation. That really was the point that I had come to know Christ. And what's interesting is that this happened in 2009. And I was in my mid-twenties. And, um, you know, I had a lot of hopes and dreams in my life. I had so much goals. Um, There's so many things that I wanted to achieve just because I'm trying to um, mask something that was brewing underneath and that had been brewing underneath um, for a very long time. And I freely share, you know, my story with people because my... My story is not really my story, but it's the Lord's. And um, in 2009, I was devastated. Um, a relationship had ended. I really didn't know what direction, direction I was supposed to go. All I knew was I was very successful at that time, but felt so much emptiness inside. So that was the point in which I actually came to know the Lord, Jesus Christ. 
And that's good. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because oftentimes people think that the point of desperation means everything in your life is falling apart. But as you stated, that's actually not what what, what happened. It was that there was an area that, right, that kind of got messed up, but you were actually very successful. Yeah, I was very successful. That was the strange part, you know. Um, but there was an emptiness uh, in my heart that not, you know, not anything in this world could fill. Like I was... I could shop whatever I want. I could buy whatever I want. I could do anything, you know, and I had a bucket list of things that I wanted to do and I was ticking them off one by one. I was a very broken person. I mean, if we had met at the time, you'd be like, whoa, <laughs> this person is carrying a lot of baggages. But that's really who I was. I felt like I was, I had a lot of baggages, didn't feel like anyone could ever love me because of all the baggages that I carried. And I really envisioned the life for myself at the time. You know, if I'm not happy, that's fine. Um, I can be alone. And if nobody loves me, you know, it's, it's, I think that it's that part of me that wanted to protect myself in such a weird way by, you know, by saying things like, well, I don't need a man. <laughs> I don't need anyone. Uh, I just need myself, you know. But lo and behold, there was a point when my mother helped me move out of the condo that I was in, the building that I was in. And this was in Makati City. Um, so I lived in high rises for a long, long time. And then I moved into another condo because this was a recommendation by somebody from Davao City, a friend of my mom's. And so I had no hand in choosing where I was re relocated to. It was really my mom, but I know it's the Lord in hindsight. But yeah, so I went into that new building. I didn't know anyone, but it was it was the same neighborhood. It was right next to a huge mall. <laughs> if you look at it from the outside, there was a lot for me to be thankful for because I was living in a high rise in the upper penthouse unit and stuff like that. But I was so unhappy, you know. I remember moving in there. I was so sad and I had like really dark thoughts of suicide and um, there's a lot that happened in my life um, coming from a family that's with my parents being separated you know just a different family dynamic that that's different from most people I knew it was um, you know I was really broken by experience and uh, what really got me would always be about relationships with people. I lost my grandmother at such a young age. She was a very, you know, she was such an important part of my life. It really hurt me a lot. So I was a broken person. And um, I, w I felt like I was a walking zombie. <laughs> and then, lo and behold, as I was waiting for the, for the elevator one day, it was right about I think the first week that I moved in, maybe a cup, uh, maybe a few days in. Um, I saw there was a poster by the elevator, and I can still remember it to this day. It said Bible study sessions with Pastor Rene Fatalen, and there was a number. So I texted that number. Um, not really understanding, I know what Bible studies were. Um, but I knew it was the Lord because for some reason, I just texted that number right away while waiting for the elevator. And 
Within a few seconds, he replies with the venue and the time, etc. So I was amazed. And I uh, was like, wow, you know, the elevator has not gotten to my floor yet. But, you know, he responded to my message. And so um, that's the beginning of how I came to know Christ. Oh, the divine timing. It's so uh, purpose. It's so interesting to understand that now. That things don't just happen by chance. Like it seems very precise. Yeah. And uh, it really it is. So that's that's awesome. What happened after you went to the study and you meet this pastor? Um, what was the next step after that? So you had that awakening. You were at that point of depression. Yeah, it wasn't really an awakening yet. Because I really did not understand what I got myself into walking into the Bible study. Mm. It wasn't like, I really didn't have expectations. All I knew was I needed someone to talk to. And, you know, it's it, my mind at the time was like, I really need God. You know, as a young a young child, I, w- I knew of God, but I did not necessarily have a relationship with God. I knew of Him, had several theology classes growing up, but it didn't really... Um, I didn't see God working in my life or I didn't see him. But at that point, it was more like, oh, because I've tried everything. I've tried worldly stuff like material wealth, relationships, all these other things, alcohol, you know, some drug use. But it really did not that void so I tried everything I actually tried reading books about other religions as well Mm -hmm. and but you know it just so happened that what I was presented by the Lord himself was this Bible study so and to answer your question uh, I went in without any expectations I wasn't I didn't know that who you know what was gonna happen Uh, it was my very first Bible study so I didn't know what was gonna happen so I went there and then um, uh, it was very casual meeting the people there. Um, I think that there were couples there. Two couples, I think, if I remember correctly. And it was my dad, who happened to be in the Philippines at the time from the U.S. So my dad accompanied me. And so it was just very normal. It was just like, hi, you know, hello, welcome. I really felt like I was going for counseling or, you know, Mm. <laughs> something yeah something as simple as that but when I sat down on the chair I remember it was a small room and then there was like a dining table and we were all you know in a circle and what they had shared is about the Samaritan women at the well and as they were speaking about the Samaritan woman at the well reading from the word and reading for reading it for myself for the first time I knew about this story, but I did not know how it applied to my life. So being raised in religion, I knew about the story, but didn't have that much of an impact at all. So when they had showed me where it was in the Word and they were discussing it, tears started flowing in my eyes because I felt that I was this woman. I just felt that this Samaritan woman at the well who went at high noon to draw water from the well. And Jesus comes up to her and says, if you drink from this water that you're about to drink, I'm paraphrasing, and I'm sure we're going to be 
reading the text later. But if you drink from this water, you be you will be thirsty again. But if you drink from me, you will never be thirsting again. Wow. And it really affected me in such a way that I was like, that's me. Um, I try to fill the void with things, people, relationships, whatever it is, but nothing works. I need to drink from the water that Jesus offers because, you know, he is the living water. And then that part where, you know, she has several husbands, you know, when Jesus asked her, like, where is your husband? And she said, I'm, I have no husband. Um, I just felt that she probably felt guilty or guilt or shame, you know, with that, trying to fill maybe something in her life as well with relationships and stuff. So that guilt and shame I could relate with and I can relate with this woman. And then I knew that the reason why, at the moment, I knew that the reason why I was so strong-willed and eager to achieve things in life is because all this time I was trying to cover up for the shame and the guilt that I feel, you know. So again, um, I knew I was very broken. And so I start crying. And then I understood in my heart that my, broken my, my brokenness does not excuse me from my sin. I had many sins, I've <laughs> committed many sins in my life. And I, I, I was 26 at the time. And, um, you know, I knew I had to repent. So when they asked me, would you be willing to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? That was an easy yes. Because from then on, I felt like my mind was illumined so much and that for the first time after how how long um for after so long i felt like i had clarity so that's pretty much what happened yeah that's um, awesome your testimony <laughs> no it's good i think it's i think it's great because again it's you know the commonality i know that i've seen is that it's never like what we plan like it's 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 something that we weren't, we were looking for the Lord without realizing we're looking for the Lord. And it's at that point of like desperation that it's like the perfect timing that that seed of the word was delivered. Like, it's so cool how you didn't plan where you were living. You didn't put the poster on the wall. You didn't, <laughs> And the Lord's no. <laughs> precision is just so, it's just so perfect that, you know, he knows everything. He knows the time that you're, you're in need which is pretty much Amen. always, but also the time that we're gonna we're gonna turn to him in truth. So that's cool. Thank you for sharing that. Wow, wow. How um, moving from that point because that's obviously like the beginning of your walk. Yeah. What is one of the big things, um, maybe to help someone that's struggling, that you would say? What's the first thing to do? Just from the place that you were at, where you maybe you, you were in that place of desperation. But, you know, this wasn't necessarily your first choice, um, but it obviously got put on the table. Yes. <laughs> so what would be something you would tell someone that's in, in that situation? Um, 
they're, they're struggling. They're struggling. They don't, they don't know what to do. Like, how do they, how can they actively seek the Lord? You know, I, I asked myself that question time and time again. Um, I was very stubborn, which we all can be stubborn. <laughs> Even when we're broken, we can be stubborn. <laughs> but um, I tried thinking about, you know, if there was a chance or if there, were, there was a time for me to actually expedite my coming to Christ, there really, when I look at it, there really isn't a way for that, you know. Um, how it happened, the time it happened, which is um, when I was 26, that's when the Lord opened my eyes. And the thing, I think what I would give someone as, you know, I can't give anybody advice, but ultimately it's the Lord who opens our eyes to the truth. And it wasn't so much the people there, and now I know this, but it was because Christ really drew me to the water. It wasn't me, you know, kind of clamoring for, you know, I need to find water. No, I didn't even know what I needed. <laughs> so there's a simplicity. And, and, but what I would say for someone who is probably in the Lord, and see someone just like me, like who I was before, I would probably say just continue to sow seeds of love and the gospel, the love of the Lord Jesus Christ to people. And you never know when these people actually come to you. Because I've had, I've had um, experiences, more recent experiences after that experience where um, the Lord will put me in front of a person, I would share something and maybe a few months or maybe a year, two years, three years later, because of that something that I had shared, they started asking more questions. And that's because they too have been put in a point of desperation. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's the Lord's timing. I understand that. It's not, what I'm saying is merely just, you know, what I had experienced, but um, in the Word of God, we are also taught to be prepared, you know, with an answer for those who don't necessarily know Christ as an evidence of our faith to them. And there was really no theatrics, no smoke and mirrors. The pastor who had invited me there simply shared from the Word. And I was not even asked questions like, oh, Eliza, what do you think? You know, I was not even asked those questions, but I think at one point they did. But it's it wasn't, there was no pressure. It was just merely presenting the word of God, the truth in God's word to a soul that truly is dying, <laughs> you know. Amen. I think it's, you know, something else that's a cool little follow-up to that is that actually years later to the current day, that same pastor got yeah. to see... The fruit of that, because he actually didn't know the no. the impact that he had on your life. No, because the Lord called me to a different place soon after that, you know, meeting them. And another amazing thing, because the Bible study happened in the next building from where I live. It wasn't in the same building. It was in the next building. Um, and 
I think what happened after was there was so much peace in my heart. I was able to sleep. And I think at that point, I was suffering from anxiety attacks. I didn't, I didn't have an anxiety attack. I was able to sleep soundly. I really felt in my heart that, you know, um, God is my eternal father. And found out that soon enough that the same floor that my mother had moved me into, the same, on the same floor, was the church of the pastor. So it's mm-hmm. in the fun- so there is a roof deck, and then right next to the roof deck is a function room, and on the roof deck, this is like twenty plus floors high. Um, on the roof deck is a pool, and eventually, a few months after that, is where I actually got baptized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, cool. so it's 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 amazing because all I had to do on Sundays was get up, shower, have some breakfast, walk out of my door, just a few steps. And that's where the church is. So convenient. <laughs> Very. Convenient. The Lord brought me there. The yeah. Lord truly brought me there. He knows what he's doing. That's and yeah, awesome. meeting Pastor Rene. Um, so Pastor Rene and his wife got to see the other side of the story where he actually, they actually got to meet my husband. And, um, and that's you. That's me. <laughs> And uh, they were so blessed to know that because, you know, actually one of the things that I would cry to them about was my broken heart. So just to see that from 2009 to 2023, just the, you know, the the fulfillment of God's promises and his faithfulness, um, you know, evidence in my life. So it was so cool. Awesome. And we might flash photos or something. Yeah. for them photo flash yeah <laughs> nice thank you for sharing that's awesome well i think what would be perfect is if you actually would read john 4 of the passage that really touched your heart from that bible study if you wouldn't mind sure of course it's an honor and privilege to read god's word and um so this is coming from john 4 and we'll be doing verses 1 to 42 all right so Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus wearied as he was from his journey was sitting beside the well it was about the sixth hour a woman from samaria came to draw water jesus said to her give me a drink for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food the samaritan woman said to him how is that that you a jew ask for a drink from me a woman of samaria for jews have no dealings with samaritans jesus answered her If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, 
everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is a place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that Messiah is coming, He who is called Christ. When He comes, He will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what, you, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say, there are yet four months, then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor, Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. And that is John chapter 4. What did you think about that, Lance? I like that chapter. I like that story. Yeah. What stands out to me is the ending of it. 
I mean, it all stands out, but the ending of it, because it's not just because of the woman's testimony, but people for themselves uh, came because of her testimony, but they saw who Christ is uh, because of them, themselves. So really, it shows how important testimony is, which actually goes along perfectly with tonight's topic. So yeah. I, I like that, that <laughs> all she was doing was sowing a seed, mm. but look at the increase. I mean, look at what the Lord was doing in that in that town. It's amazing. Yeah, it was the small interaction that he had with the Samaritan woman, woman that sowed a seed in her life. And he also explains the concept of sower and reaper. You know, I like that a lot. And um, sometimes we may be in the sowing, maybe we're in the reaping, but still it's all the Lord's work. And I like that part where she comes back to her town. <laughs> yeah. Because that's actually what happened to me. In my testimony of how the Lord saved me, um, several months after I got saved, there was a strong pull for me to go back to my hometown of Davao City from Makati City. Mm-hmm. So Lance has been to Makati, and you know how different Makati and been Davao is. <laughs> and, and you know what? I Realizing it now, I did tell my mom at one point because I really didn't want to go back to Davao. I told her, I'm never going back to Davao City. Never say never. But in my, you know, in my in my weakness, you know, I, I, I'm just grateful because when, for when we are weak, you know, God is strong. He, Jesus is strong. And that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So that's the story of how I went back to Davao City in 2000. I think between 2010 and 11, and that's when I actually was blessed with, um, you know, um, a different mission field here in Dava, which is my family and also the people that I worked with. So that's that's for another day, though. Another day. Still (laughs) wait for another day. Thank you for reading that. Thank you. Anything else you wanted to share? I just, I like how, you know, the Lord reveals himself to those who are, you know, especially with this woman's position, why she was at the well at that time, she would be considered an outcast. And after her meeting with Christ, she had no problem going back to those that were not necessarily accepting of her. And she no longer cared. She was just so excited to share the Lord mm. with them. So she was no longer embarrassed. There wasn't shame. She was just so excited that she had spoken to and found the Messiah. So it's interesting the priority, um, you know, a, a shifting of priorities changed after uh, meeting Christ. That was yeah, cool to see. It really changed her life, much like it had changed mine, and I'm sure changed your life as well. So I'm excited because you know it's um this is our first episode, and in our next episode we will talking we will be talking about your testimony. Whoa. We have all day? No, that'll be good. <laughs> yeah. Look forward to that. And that wraps up our first episode of Faith Talk with Lance and Eliza. We hope you enjoyed and found a sense of fellowship in today's conversation. And let's remember that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, Romans 8.28. Thanks for joining us, family. We are blessed to share these moments with you. Until next time, let us allow God's word to be a lamp 
unto our feet and a guide unto our path and know that in our journey called life remember you are never alone we have a father in heaven who loves us dearly be sure to subscribe and share faith talk with lance and eliza with friends and loved ones and we'll catch you in the next episode if you want to follow us on social media we are on youtube and on instagram just search for life with team mahal and we will be posting the links in our show notes and if you have any questions or feedback please leave us a message at our instagram which is at life with team mahal and guys i'm going to leave you with john 3:16. for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life amen to the king of the ages immortal invisible the only god be glory forever and ever amen, amen. god bless you guys god bless you guys bye